0: Welcome to this podcast number 433. I'm here at the At Midnight Studios. Katie, Kyle, to my left. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi. Um, uh, no Jonah Ray for this hostful intro. No Matt Myra for this hostful intro. I don't want you guys to feel like you're... Secondary? Okay. All right. You know, I, I wasn't... I didn't mean... Oh, poor Kyle said tertiary. Tertiary? I love you guys. It's fun to do these intros alone. Um, but we're at the At Midnight Studios At Midnight is still on For a couple more weeks On Comedy Central And so watch it It's on Monday through Thursday After Colbert uh, It's actually doing pretty well So uh, watch it Jump in the hashtag wars uh, We still have a lot of Great comedians coming up um, So uh, yeah We'll be on till the I don't know What's, what's the date today The 5th We're on this week And next week In, in November and then, uh, and then hopefully We'll be back next year So we'll see We will see What is in the cards For At Midnight I'd like to thank for sponsoring this episode of Nerdist podcast, Squarespace.com. Uh it's the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, you're gonna want to go to squarespace.com, use the offer code Nerdist11. It changes all the time, Katie.
1: It's for the month.
0: It is. They every month they change, so that's why. So if they're a sponsor for a really long time, it could be like the offer code is Nerdist472. Because that's how I'll talk by that point. <laughs> if there still is an internet by that point, who knows? We'll probably all be connected through some sort of a, a thought net that we don't even have to have machines anymore. We can just access things. Like... ...math on how far two would be if Tertiary. Oh, poor Squarespace is incredibly easy to use. Uh, They have an incredible support team that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you have any questions, if you have any problems, they're going to help you get through it. It starts just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Uh, No matter what level of programmer you might be, if you're a beginner or if you know uh, a little more complex, if you know CSS, if you know whatever you you are – you can build on Squarespace.com. So again, go to Squarespace.com, use the offer code NERDIST11, get 10% off, uh, and show your support for the Nerdist podcast. Thanks for their support. This is continuing Marvel week, which has been very exciting. Clark Gregg was Monday, uh, and today is Tom Hiddleston, Friday is Kevin Feige, and uh, Hiddleston is every bit as damn charming and delightful as you would hope and expect that he is. He really is. You (laughs) Katie's...
1: He's the most handsome man. I've
0: seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is it, Katie, there's a little bit of drool pooling at your the corners of your mouth. Like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's handsome. He's a well. essentially was just handsome. It's just like he he's just he's charismatic yeah. and in that in that so in that nice. British in that British way. And uh, and and we had a great we, had a, we the conversation was so much fun. And then afterwards, he was like, "Oh, we talked about Thor. Some should we talked about it more?" I go, "No, you're talking about Thor a ton because it's okay. coming out." Friday, November eighth, and so he's just been talking about Thor for the past month because it premiered internationally first, and so it was it was fun to get a peek behind the Hiddleston curtain, uh, I, and I do quite enjoy that uh, the conversation spun into uh, who he would who he would have played who he would want to play in, in Harry Potter, and I and I you know I totally forgot I should have I should have said Voldemort he would have been a great Voldemort oh
1: yeah he would be great great,
0: he would have been like a young Tom Riddle stun (gasps) Riddleston. you guys the clues were there the whole time Um, but uh, anyway Hiddleston is uh, was someone that people have asked us a long time for when you're gonna get him on the answer is now during Marvel week the delightful he is at TW Hiddleston on Twitter Uh, so follow him and get some digital tweet charm here's the Nerds Podcast episode number 433 with Tom Hiddleston
1: now entering Nerdist.com
0: This is Eric Hallmark time. Yeah, yeah. It was New York Comic Con, and we'll just start talking okay, now. Cool. Are, so, yeah, New York Comic Con
1: in 2012... New York Comic Con, October 2011. 2011. Yeah. When I was there with Avengers with Mark Ruffalo and Chris Evans and Kobe Smulders and Clark Gray.
0: Yes, I, and, and Clark just <coughs> gave me shit because I called him out on stage for singing his
1: Avengers theme
0: that he <laughs> yeah, improvised backstage.
1: Yeah, it what How did it go? It was some extraordinary... He'd made it up, it was like... I don't remember. It was something like... Uh, it was uh, like a rap, it was like
0: yeah, and we. I, I just remember the line, "We got a hulky or something." I don't remember what yeah. it was, but he was. You got to call the Avengers. Da, 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 da. I, I, he was. It
1: was. Yeah, yeah. He was basically just
0: screwing around backstage, and I thought it was hilarious. And then when I said, "Oh, you should do this," he was like, "No, no, 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 please, <laughs> please, no." And then and then he did it, and it was great. People were thrilled. It was great. People loved it. People yes. loved Clark Gregg. I you love know, Clark Gregg. People love Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. I mean, this you know to basically. Get to be—I mean, essentially, Loki is—he's one—he's might as well be an Avenger at this point, as far
1: as people are concerned. They Do you think? Adore I, yeah, adore I, him. That's—it's very gratifying and thrilling <laughs> that he is a loved character. Yes, <laughs> um, I don't know that uh, that Joss is going to invite me to be part of the uh, <clears throat> that that particular team um, anytime soon. But it, it has been an amazing run, an amazing ride. That that and that Comic Con, I think, was the first time. I became aware that it was uh, that it was becoming a different thing. Um, it, it became, I mean, it, you know, a lot of
0: times in superhero movies, uh, the, the villain can be kind of disposable. It's like, oh, he's just the threat for this particular episode, the and plot, then the he's story. done, and then you don't ever see him again, and then. Yeah. But I, I honestly, I think people would riot if something if Loki went away. I think people would you think
1: freaking riot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's, well, let's let's see what happens because he ain't in the Avengers too. So, um, you know. God. Damn it. <laughs> Katie, get Joss on the phone.
0: Okay, um, we'll get his number.
1: Yeah, but it's my God, it's been a, a roller coaster for me, for everybody else. The whole thing has been such an extraordinary, yeah.
0: One of my favorite right. moments, um, and because well, we had Kevin Feige on, and that podcast is going up after yours, and we talked about this on his, but one of my favorite moments at any Comic Con was not just you coming out as Loki, but there was a moment where you came out. And I told you the night before, I was like, people are going to lose their fucking minds. And you're like, do you think it's going to be okay? I said, it's going to be... You go, I'm sure it'll be fine. I go, no, it's going to be amazing. And then you came out, and the response was deafening, and I just... You couldn't contain the smile on your face, and I'm like, that's not
1: Loki, that's Tom smiling, that's Tom smiling. It was was, so insane and ridiculous. I I mean, I could never have expected that. No, but you would never expect it. Like, it was crazy i mean I, I nearly burst out laughing <laughs> partly because here's the thing is i don't know if you ever, ever told you this is while i was off stage um the first time i tried to send my first off stage lines my microphone wasn't working i was like oh god it's <laughs> no. over this is not going to work all i have is all i have is my voice right. there are no special effects there is me and my voice reaching the back wall in a hall full of seven thousand people and the microphone's not working holy shit theater trained actor i still don't have a voice that can reach all the way back that no, far it's big room. so i was i was sweating I, w- I was sweating and panicking and finally on the third go i said humanity and i heard it reverberate around <laughs> all was like because it, um,
0: it, you know, it takes hours to go through the, the to add the hair and the makeup and the and the yeah it takes two hours yeah yeah and uh and and i i was very pleased to be a part of it uh, i think you called me a muling quim which was amazing
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah just you you are distinguished by that privilege you share that <laughs> Only with Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> there are two people in the world. That we have them a, so quim. much in common. You do. Uh, yeah. You should be wearing a catsuit. Why are you not wearing a catsuit?
0: I, you know, normally if it's weird during the day. Yeah. Because it's it's sort of like the topography of everything in my body of really. Course. Yeah. But at yeah, night yeah. it sort of blends in. So yeah. I try not to do it too much during Jean the day. Bumps
1: in the. <laughs> wrong places this
0: <laughs> looks like yeah it's like uh, i got this bag of gravel what should i do with this <laughs> that's what i look. maybe to the premiere to the thor premiere yeah, tonight come come By or the cat suit. yeah i'm always half tempted to do something like that at a premiere but then i always feel like yeah you're just gonna look like a you're just gonna look like a sad attention whore comic if you do that but i always want i think to it'd do be that.
1: hilarious if you did that i love it when people turn up in costume it's i wanted to wear a loki it- helmet you t- t- you should do that. Honestly, people because I think your interviews with us will be better. Because <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, this is great. Here we go. Um, Here go."
0: Well, it went to Disneyland and they have this like the store experience and then you go into this one room and they have the Loki helmet and uh, you know, a bunch of pieces from the they do, yeah. Right. And it was a special. It was a, a little special tour that I got. I was like no one else is in here. I could just take that, and no one would is know. It, is it the actual helmet?
1: That I, want? I don't know if it's the actual helmet. I but bet it's, it is. Actually, it might be. I, I bet. Is it? Did is they give you one? Is it? No, they didn't. What? Because it's at Disneyland. It does. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Is it the Thor one or the Avengers one? It's the Thor one, because the Thor one is slightly more like a crown. It, and the Avengers one is more like a kind of weapon.
0: It's it's the um, one that's got the it the the hor- they go up and yeah back up and back yeah. as
1: opposed to out it's, front and that's back. right yeah that's yeah. right. Um, how long? Uh, when did you guys finish this? How long have we sh- we finished? We shot Thor: The Dark World from mid August 2012 to mid January 2013. Okay, that was the principal photography. Oh wow! And I and I'm and Chris and I did the last day. So that was I guess January the fifteenth.
0: Holy shit! And now of course. Is anyone are people like? Where's the Loki movie? I mean, it's totally within the Marvel universe to have a Loki movie somewhere. Probably should ask Kevin Feige that. He probably knows. Yeah, you should too.
1: really should ask him. Um, well, 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 well. <laughs> <laughs> the equivocation begins. Um, it's. Uh, I've heard about. I've heard that there's a lot of people asking that question, and um, it, it's the most. Enormous compliment. Like there are people online saying you've got to have one. People saying you should, it, you know, this should be a Loki movie. I mean, I'd love to do. I have so many brained ideas I'd love to try out. But um, it, in the end, it won't be up to me. I think. And also, I I think it would be strange to do. Like, I think Chris Hemsworth would have to be in it in some capacity. Or maybe I don't. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what form it would take. Because there, in a way, there is no Thor without Loki. There is no Loki without Thor they define each other they oppose each other they need each other they love each other they hate each other they are two halves of the same whole I think so I wonder I wonder how it would work however as I have stated before I'd love to see Loki just on kind of like expeditions in mischief on earth (laughs) across the 20th century I think it would be amazing I think you could see him like you know hanging with the Rolling Stones in the late 60s
0: you know how you know how you make that work I'll tell you how you make that work right now um, the Doctor picks yes. up Loki. Yes. And they travel in the TARDIS together. Uh, and
1: That's how you make that work.
0: That's how you make that work. That would be amazing. Dropping Loki into Doctor Who. Well, first of all, he's a part of Norse mythology. Yeah. So it is every bit reasonable to say that the Doctor could find Loki somewhere.
1: Doctor could find Loki. Loki travels in the TARDIS. They go back to 1968. Um, he's introduced to Keith Richards. Uh, he starts playing as a fifth member of the Rolling Stones. That's right. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. <laughs> you <laughs> are to a- meet you. Hope to guess my name. Say my name. Logan. Say my name. Logan! Right while well, puzzling see, you, do you see is how this the works? nature
0: of my game. Wait a minute, this is starting to make a lot of sense Because I think the Rainbow Bridge is more alien technology than it is supernatural technology yes. The fucking North Gods The Norse Gods are an alien race They are This is, this, I mean, just fucking Moffat, Feige
1: it's it! Just here, do it. It would be amazing. Oh Wouldn't my, that be God. amazing. Yeah, were you a Doctor Who fan at all? I certainly was. Yeah, nice. And now it's Peter Capaldi, so it would be an older Doctor Who.
0: It is, but an older, uh,
1: super sharp, uh,
0: hilarious. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited.
1: Me too. I mean, he's
0: um, brilliant. He's
1: a brilliant, brilliant actor. That could be interesting. He's also, he's also has a capacity for going to the dark side in a great way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Did you ever see the thick of it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, he's amazing and hilarious yeah.
0: and and I think a really interesting way to they had to go in a completely different direction with that. Yeah. They had to go in a totally, you know, it just couldn't it couldn't just be like a oh, it's a young white chap who's, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they another had one. to go yeah. I think they had to go another ethnicity or they had to go older or they had to go female, like they had to do something with the doctor. Yeah.
1: He will be amazing actually. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. This I
0: I think a lot of what uh Americans view or at least what I view of of sort of British actor culture is that there is basically a a basket of you and you all do everything over there it's like the community is so much smaller and everyone appears how many period dramas have you done
1: um let me count uh, cranford uh <laughs> the gathering storm conspiracy miss austin regrets um uh nicholas Nickleby, wow um At least that's five I can think off the top of my head. But then do you count like War Horse, that's a period drama. Sure. Midnight in Paris, that's a period drama. Absolutely, yeah. The The Deep Blue Sea.
0: I think um,
1: because what I see of... I basically do period drama. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) 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 I I got told once on my first job, actually. My very first job when I was 19 years old was uh, a TV adaptation of Nicholas Nickleby with um, James Darcy uh, and Dominic West and Charles Dance and Sophia Miles as the leads. And I got told by the makeup artist on my very first day of professional work as an actor, you know, Tommy, you have a very period face. I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? It's 1999. What does that mean? That means it's adaptable yeah. to
0: any... Because there are some people, like if you watch Mad Men or if you watch old periods, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, they've got the face for that time right. period. Because every yeah. time period... You, you just can tell, like, oh, it's, maybe it's the haircuts or maybe it's the environment, but they are just of that era. And there yeah. are some people that are, you just, oh, slick their hair back or just give them and some button look, chops. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All British people, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like.
0: Um, That's half my lineage, you know, yeah. my father's side of the family yeah, is so some type of Anglo mutt, I'm not sure. Yeah. There's a little bit of Scottish and some Northern <laughs> English, so, you know. So it's
1: period and sci-fi and what else do we do that i can think of it's a bit of song and dance but you you are scottish there's scottish in this
0: yeah there's scottish there's there's scottish in my in my dad's family i think it's um how far back? McRory. I think it back to the um, early 20th century. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, think... I was thinking like, maybe your grandfather was Scottish or something. No, 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 no. My, my grandfather was a hillbilly. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> they all, you know, it's like the Northern English and Scots, and they came over and they basically settled in regions in America that were yeah. very environmentally Scottish, like the Appalachians or the, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, my, you know, my great grandfather, like, made, he had a washer and a dryer and he basically made moonshine in it. Like, he didn't wash his clothes. And he and lived I in a think, cabin, and you know they were they were all rednecks. Wow, I want yeah. to meet
1: him. <laughs> <It> sounds cool. <laughs> could, well, the,
0: yeah. that's where you would need a TARDIS. Uh, right. You yeah. would need a TARDIS okay. to go back yep. and scare the shit out of him in your Loki helmet. But um, uh, I, but watching uh, British television and film really as an extension of theater is really is kind of an interesting idea because I don't we don't really have that here.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a unique thing. Is is that's where we all most of us we have to start. Is is um, people go to drama school and that most people do that by and large you go to a professional it's a it's a essentially a theater training so it could be where i went which is rada mm-hmm. um or where many 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 people went lambda the london academy of dramatic Art, music and dramatic art or royal scottish or central or the drama center where um tom hardy went and and um paul bettany and michael fassbender and you know all these essentially london-based drama schools I can't remember where did Matt go to. Run? Matt Smith, I think he he, he went to uh, Guildhall or did he? Lambda or something. I'm um, not sure. I thought he was just kind of a soccer hooligan. That they put on the. Uh. <laughs> no, I think he. Tra- I think he trained. Maybe there are some who don't. But um, but but then you sort of you what you do is you get a, you get into the theatre and you either do Shakespeare or Chekhov or, or sort of like edgy contemporary drama. Um, like I remember seeing Matt Smith in a play called That Face, where he had a very intense relationship with his mother and it was a it was he was a, suddenly became this burning white talent um and we all, and you everyone goes to see the plays because it's all all the theaters are in Soho which is where the film business is based and the television industry and so it all becomes a, in a way the theater as an actor theater feeds television and film and and TV and film producers and casting directors come to the theatre to look for new actors um, but also there is so much theatre in London I mean I do think London has the best theatre in the world I would say that of course. Sure, of course I'm biased but it is an amazing progressive industry which is full of people and um, and in a way you get to test um, the tools of your trade and you get to kind of try out the things in your toolbox and, 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 and broaden your range and, and 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 play you know, play outside your your comfort zone, and then I think, um, and then in a way you're lucky if you get a TV and film break, but you've always got some sort of foot in an anchor in the theatre.
0: It is pretty amazing how America became so obsessed with Downton Abbey, which I know is an amazing show. Yeah. even though I haven't seen that much of it, but but that idea of like the upstairs downstairs relationships is not like that's a very that's recurred a lot. Like there was actually a show called Upstairs, Downstairs. There right? was a
1: show called Upstairs, Downstairs, <laughs> which yeah.
0: was the the sort of the poshies upstairs and then and downstairs the, yeah. the servants and how yeah. they interact with one yeah. another. It's a very British ideal because that was the that was essentially your social structure. It used to be.
1: That's what's so interesting is that genuinely I find it. I mean, I know it's a very popular show and it's very well made, and and lots of my friends are in it. But it's it's such an interesting thing that it it's so it's so not what Britain is now, right? Like, Britain is actually su- is a very progressive place. And the energy is really um, is uh, I feel like it's the, the w- I hope but the country is trying to just do away with the class system because we know how poisonous and toxic it is um, and was for so long. And yet we're still fascinated by by how it used to be. You know, we look back um, all of our stories constantly. We're looking back to a time when to make sense of who we are now. Sure. Um, which is fascinating in a way as a sort of cultural um, method of self-examination.
0: Well, our country—I mean, you know—we're obviously young yes. compared to, compared to you yeah. guys. Uh, we we broke away from you guys. It turns <laughs> yeah. out a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I don't know if we really. I mean, so much of our culture around the vi- Victorian era was mm. essentially us finding the land of this country yeah. and establishing it not yeah. not part of this historical um, you know uh, lineage that had to uh, you know carry on and yeah. like we were not established, so our, our, our history in that period of time was just establishing a culture yeah period
1: which is a great culture by the way I love him I love America I love coming here I love its youth I love its energy i love um it's it's I I love that it isn't old particularly that things are, in a way you pr- you process your inheritance more so people are like actively processing their inheritance like I have no idea what like beyond my my grandfather my great grandfather I really have no idea what my family history is whereas I feel like in America people everyone knows like oh no I've got Irish in my blood from 150 years ago I'm like really you know that <laughs> um, uh, and I find that really interesting is people are like actively processing their cultural inheritance and changing it and using it and spinning it. And that's why it's such an energetic country. Genuinely.
0: Yeah. Because we're, you know, everyone here is from somewhere. Yeah. But you know, people in England could have been there for millennia. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, I know I'm half Scottish and half English. And so my father's side is all Scots and he's, he is literally, he has a Scottish accent. My my grandfather his dad was had a really strong glaswegian accent we used to call him up on on sundays with my very english london accent and say how are you grandpa and he'd say oh my absolute champion it's terrible i was watching a football celtic it would beat the rangers at celtic park the other day and he'd be like i'm not quite sure grandpa can you repeat that <laughs> <laughs> um but my dad, you know, still speaks with a Scottish accent. He'd be like, "Oh, um, I saw um, the Dark World. I loved it. Fantastic! You know, great, um, uh, great, uh, great. Lots of twists and turns. It was really good." Um, so that's my dad, and and um, and mum is from a English family. But I think there's a bit of German in there. And then who the hell knows if the Scots somehow came over from Scandinavia or or I mean, I don't know who the Hiddlestons were my dad said we can trace our we he can, he can't whether i believe him or not is a <laughs> another matter but he he can trace the hiddleston they like the hiddleston blood back to the douglas clan oh. like because all the Scots are divided into into clans you know there's the mcdonald's and the um you know your various tartans and all that um and uh, apparently uh the Hiddleston clan is part The Hiddleston's a part of the Douglas clan and there was a guy called the Black Douglas who went out in the Crusades and Fought, he was a madman and he fought the there's always yeah, the ones who get the special anyway.
0: names are always the one that's they're always the ones that have slaughtered yeah. thousands of people yep. and they're either they're either they're, they get color names like red this yes. or black that yeah. or the gray like everyone's I know if you fucked a lot of people up you get a color you attached to your color, name yeah. that's what I learned that's I what I've learned you should do some more
1: homework shouldn't I Black <laughs> Douglas anyway hey, well, he sounds like a badass doesn't he um, do you uh, do, 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 do you want to do comedy do you ever do you like do you like Very comedy much yeah i in fact that's what it's genuinely where i started um as a as a performer as a kid like it i started just making people laugh um i'm not being very funny right now i'm, <laughs> I'm, aware, I'm kind of aware of that but um but uh so your admission of that was funny so yeah i'd actually they, sort of well, adult, yeah adult um yeah I, I would love to i'd love to do it i mean i feel like i'm as Loki. i'm starting to be allowed to be funny right and um and there have been things i've inc- i've done sort of incidentally where I've got to be, just you know, take the piss out of myself a bit and and um and have and have fun and be stupid and doing like doing impressions and and um um I used to be when I was a kid I used to literally entertain my cousins. We'd all get together over the summer and they would they would they would say like a command: "Be funny, Tom." So I remember you know, space hopping myself into a wall and smashing my face on it <laughs> and thinking that really hurt, but they were all laughing and feeling really happy about it.
0: Um, and that never really stops. Actually, that's really what comedy is for the rest of your <laughs> life is smashing your face into a yeah, wall like, and hoping people find it funny. That's it. Yeah. And if it, not, you have a smashed up face. <laughs> that's it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, Rowan Atkinson doing a sketch where he was basically like walking down the street and there was, and there's a guy filming him walking down the street and, uh, he isn't aware that he's being filmed and then after a certain point he's like oh i'm being filmed and he starts kind of like being a bit flirtatious with the camera and be like oh i'm being filmed i'm obviously very popular and interesting and he 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 develops this extreme and absurd relationship with the camera on the other side of the street and walks straight into a lamppost (laughs) and it's just absurd and impossible not to laugh was
0: that so when you so British comedy growing up Rowan Atkinson Blackadder Rowan
1: Blackadder particularly mm-hmm. I loved i mean faulty towers uh faulty towers is is uh, a piece of pure genius um John Cleese's blind rage at the at, at human nature he's just hates people <laughs> it's basil faulty and uh, and the fact that he wants to be a better person but his basic misanthropy just pulls out the rug from under his feet at any moment um that was what i grew up watching and then i still there. if i still put on episodes of the the first um season of the office with ricky gervais it it makes me like howl and shake with laughter the just the awkwardness of it and um i think it's genius uh and also american comedy is amazing i was a curb your enthusiasm nut for ages just watching
0: curb to me is a very um the soul of it's pretty
1: british i think yeah
0: which is um you know misunderstandings and awkwardness
1: yeah and snobbery and snobbery and telling the truth when you really shouldn't tell yeah. the truth <laughs> like when you're supposed to keep a lid on it yeah know? um it's just i mean i remember there and people people being so game as well people like rosie o'donnell and ted danson coming in and being incredibly game <laughs> with larry david um well, I, w- I would love to do like a pr- a really kind of, um, I'd love to do a romantic comedy. I think they're really hard. I'd love to try that. And I th- I'd love to do, a, you know, I think Paul Feig's films are genius. I mean, I will, I, I, what he's doing of late. I love watching The Heat I saw recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Melissa McCarthy is an amazing talent. Yep. Um,
0: and he did Bridesmaids.
1: He did Bridesmaids, and, he maids, yeah. and Geeks. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Paul, he's great. Paul's, Paul's fantastic. Yeah. And the best dresser in Hollywood. If you ever see is the it, guy, yeah. he's always in an immaculate suit. <laughs> he looks amazing. I know
1: him a bit. I met, I met him and his wife a couple of times. He's, yeah, he's a he's a great guy, sweet man.
0: So, what is it that, uh, like, ultimately, what sort of motivates you? Is it is it is it the craft of acting, or is it specific roles, or is it? I mean, is there anything else that you ever want to do, or is
1: it's sort of like never? Want, it's always wanting to, to try something new. Like it's all and, and sort of wanting to be able to. Um, to do as much as I can and, and keep it interesting for both myself and hopefully for the audience um, is I have a, you know, I have a, a big interest in, in, um, in, you know, straight, serious drama. Always have done, um, I love doing Shakespeare. I'm going back to do Coriolanus on stage in December. Um, that's where I started doing Othello, Cymbeline, um, Henry V. I recently played on television, it aired on on the BBC and on PBS. And that's kind of like that's a, a sort of passion, a, a unique and specific passion I have, and and I've loved basically taking my Shakespeare experience and and sort of using it in things like Loki. You know, Loki's got quite a Shakespearean um, stature.
0: Well, as we know, all all villains have a British
1: accent, right? Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know. Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I think it started with James Mason. It might have might have um, started with James, it started with James, with James Mason. Mason. Ah, I'm looking forward to death. Your next role, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, but I—it's no its, ne- it's ba- I've always wanted, honestly, wanted to do everything. I, I, I'm so I'm giddy with, um, with with the idea that I've already done what I've uh, what I've been allowed to do to be in to be a supervillain to play F. Scott Fitzgerald to be to work with Steven Spielberg. Um, and um, I'm so excited. I basically don't know what's going to happen now because I've already I've, I've already done things I thought would never happen. How does Spielberg
0: work? I mean, like, how does he, how do you work with him?
1: Uh, he's incredibly. First, the first thing that you're struck by after you get over the fact that you're working with him, which takes a while.
0: I would think it would take <laughs> until yeah. after the production. It does actually. Oh fuck! I just worked with him. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Another day. Okay. Get ready to fuck it up. <laughs> um,
0: Hello, Stephen. Shit! Oh, that came out uh, wrong. They came out oh, wrong. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. No.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, the first thing that is is very striking is is how genuinely kind he is. Kind, generous, um, personable, collaborative. You, you can't really get over the fact that he's including you in in his process, and and he trusts. I mean, in with Warhorse, he really trusted me with my character. Um, and was open to discussion and, and you know, I, I guess he felt like he found the right guy and so I, it was up to me now. But then to watch him, honestly, to, to have the privilege of watching him construct shots on a set is, I mean, there is no greater shot maker in the world alive today. Um, it's, it's like it's um, what would be difficult for other humans for mere mortals, it's just—it's like water out of a tap for him. He just makes decisions, and they're so clear and so clean, and and majestic. You just—he just, he just no, 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 What we should do is we should go. We should go. It should be the, the shot should be on the horse's legs. You want to pan across and then pan back. Use this lens. Um, we'll cut it in. We'll put. Can I see it on the monitor? Great. Put this filter on. You're like, it's so ex- <laughs> it's so exciting, and you see it come together, um, and yeah. he. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. And he, you know, he's wearing his baseball cap, and and um, he looks like Steven Spielberg. Of course, he does. But you, but there, he's like, you know, sometimes he's got a cigar. Like it's early in the morning. Baseball cap. I always think shot. of
0: when you're when you're watching someone who is a master at their craft. I always think of um, the scene from Amadeus where Salieri is explaining, like, where Mozart's writing the Requiem, and he's taking the notation, and it's like he's basically. He's, he re- describes it as that he's just, he's dictating, right? That he's not even thinking of. He's just. It's, it seems like he's dictating something from just, the heavens, It's coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he's just spitting it out. Yeah. And to watch someone do that, um, do you watch and go, I want to get there someday, or you go, I don't know, fucking know how I, that's ever going to happen? Like <laughs> that's just a. I
1: guess it's like watching. I don't know. It's like watching Freddie Mercury on stage or something, or it's, or it's um. It's just like watching someone who's truly gifted, like watching tennis players. But will you have, you would know? you ever
0: know if you got to that point? You no. know, like, would you ever no. be aware what other people, other people
1: always say, hey, Steven Spielberg, it's probably really amazing that you do that. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm just... Yeah, it's just, and also yeah. for him, it's like, he's thinking, it's th- he's thinking at 10,000 miles a minute, you know, he's, he's just constructing the story in his head. He has the movie in his head. That's what's such a genius thing is. He's constructed the 50,000 piece jigsaw puzzle that is the movie in his mind and then he's just making it happen
0: so how do you smash the nerves down to then go okay i'm about to start performing essentially because i guess yeah well i'm not an actor so i I, i'm but i'm guessing you can't be aware of yourself as an actor in a scene because you have to be in the scene but how can you not be aware of yourself when steven spielberg is right there and you're like oh fuck i want to do
1: a good job but because he's so genuinely he just is so supportive and loving He's just there, he's there for you. I remember there was one really intimate scene where um, Captain Nichols, the character I play in that film, is very brave and and faces death in the face. He's incredibly courageous. That's what the character was. It's a, he's a kind of he's the soul of decency and courage. And um, there's one particular moment where you see Nichols is is sort of biting his lip and burying his fear for the sake of leading his men, and. We both knew it was a it was a it was an intimate moment for me, and um, and Stephen said um, just before just before this camera got set up, they set that Janusz Kaminski, his amazing DOP, set the lights up, and he and he said, uh, "Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna operate on this one, if that's all right." I was like, "Yeah, that's absolutely (laughs) fine." And then he gets behind, he gets on, he sits on the on the on the dolly on the on the little stool behind the camera. And he he is operating, he's shooting and and it's his way of saying it's only me and you, just I'm here for you, wow, you know it's, be- it's so beautiful, I mean really genuinely generous and do you do you
0: think the first time should i I can do better or like do you get insecure at all
1: or do do you you really feel that comfortable that I felt really comfortable because we'd had so much time together, I think we'd had so much so many conversations, so much prep um And I loved. I loved actually. I loved trying to sort of. um, My great thrill is when is when you can kind of tap into um, their uh, director's taste in a way. It takes sometimes it takes a beat, um, but essentially you start to understand um, what they love. Like you start to get when they're really happy, and you can you can't fake that when they're really happy and satisfied with what you've done. And uh, I remember doing one particular scene. I don't know if you remember, but, but basically it's just before Captain Nichols is, uh, is killed. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and, um, and basically there was a scene where he said, uh, I just, I want to see your soul. I don't want to see um, fear. I don't want to see shock or terror. I just want to see your soul. I want to see y- y- this, this boy inside a man who is about to leave. He's about to leave, um, you know, leave his life. Um, and he knows it. And, um, we would, and he was operating and we did it a couple of times, a couple of times. And the second take, he was like, oh my God, that was wonderful. We got it. We got it. And because I, because I saw in what I'd done, what he was satisfied with, um, I said, can you just give me one more? Just give me, he was like, no, no, I'm really happy we got it. And I said, yeah, but I, now I know what you love. Let me just try one more thing. And so we did it a third time and, and. At first, he was like, I'm not sure. I think the second one was better. And then we went back and, and his wife, Kate Capshaw, said, oh, my God, the third one, oh my God. <laughs> uh, so then he said, I'll tell you. I'm, it was a Friday. I'm editing at the weekend. I'll tell you on Monday. Monday morning, I come back. Uh, I come back on set and he sees me. It's like, Tom, take three. It's in the movie.
0: <laughs> and I was like, yes.
1: And it was so thrilling to f- I feel like I was working with. I was really working with him, you know.
0: Do you see uh do you see acting as a as a lifelong, you know, it never it never ends, there's always more stuff to do, or do you feel like at a certain point you know Right
1: now I feel like it will never end, there's always stuff to do. Um because life is life continues to be interesting. And at every stage of my own life I have new things to present to portray to excavate
0: the life of the life of a a british actor is pretty remarkable because you guys you know you can you start off as these like young strapping handsome cavalier and then as you start to age then you get very dignified and then when you get older then it's then you're then you're like anthony hopkins where you're just this you know, this uh, uh, Monolith. pater familias type of, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it is pretty amazing that if, I guess if you want to work as a British actor, you can work until you drop dead. I, but
1: I'd say the same for Americans though, right? Maybe
0: if some you, of us, I don't know. I don't know if we take care of ourselves as well. Okay. I don't know if we take care of ourselves
1: as well. But, but, but it's like, it's like your, your, your roles evolve as you evolve. Yeah. Like someone once said to me, if you're lucky, your career becomes like a time machine. And you look back and you realize that that the reason you played parts at a particular time is because that's, that's what you needed to get out of your system. Like if you played lots of, um, I don't know if you were playing sons or princes or soldiers or, um, or lovers or fighters or warriors, like you there's always, I find I'm playing a lot of soldiers at the moment. People are sort of like, it's always about facing, basically being courageous in some way, um, i don't know why that is uh but i imagine that'll stop at some point and, and maybe i'll start playing fathers and t- teachers or kings or you know hopefully one day wizards and <laughs> you know <laughs> um that's
0: really i just imagine it's like a bunch balls. of a bunch of older british actors sitting around and going well i'm finally entering my <laughs> wizard phase <laughs> Yeah, the the beard. It's very distinguished. It's a very distinguished
1: and exclusive club. But it could be like Terence Stamp and just be super badass yeah. when you're like sixty. Still be, bad still like Terence Stamp has always been a badass. He's never stopped being a badass. Yeah. Um, but there are some very distinguished wizards. You know, there's Michael Gambon and uh, <laughs> Ian McKellen, and um, they should start a band, the Distinguished yeah. Wizards. The Distinguished Wizards. That sounds pretty good. Would well, that be it? good? Yeah. Were you yeah. you were not in any of the Potter films. I wasn't. I'm in that generation. In fact, most of the actors of my generation are not. Right. Because we were too old.
0: Too old to be to students. Too young too to Too young be, to be
1: teachers. Right. Yeah. Maybe in the next <laughs> swath of films. You never know. There yeah. could be something I think I was uh I was twenty when the first one was made, or came, or the f- twenty years old when the first one was released. So I'm the sort of lost Potter generation, of <laughs> the British Potters. actors, the lost Potters
0: Let's see now, you guys should all get yeah. together
1: and be like, "There's many of us. There's Matt Smith and um, yeah. and Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy, and you know, we're not. James oh, Brackawoy. you guys would have
0: been. F- oh, god, you just have to <laughs> just please for one Halloween, just all put yourselves Always in the, Harry Potter. Yeah, who yeah. would you be? Who would you be?
1: Um, I don't know. Who do you think? Where would you put me? Would you make me? A teacher or a pupil?
0: Um. Well, let's see. If we're not, if we're not, if we're just discounting any age, and it's like, oh, we'll just put you in a. I
1: don't know. I don't know who I would. Oh man! Just throw it out there. I have some ideas.
0: Well, maybe it's because of the. Maybe it's because of Loki, but I think you could make a pretty great Draco. Ah, I think you make a pretty badass nice. Draco. Okay. But nice. like a little more of a. I don't know. Dr- Draco got pretty spineless near the end, but more of like a, a badass yeah. Draco. Yeah. Um, or
1: maybe what's his father called? Lucius. Lucius Malfoy. Could be Lucius Malfoy. Mm, yeah, he maybe was kind of a, a douchebag young, though. A young Snape.
0: <laughs> you could be a young Snape. <laughs> yeah, like... but you're too handsome to be Snape though. Snape's supposed to be, I and mean, well, at least in the books, you know, he was he was kind of hideous, okay. you know. But uh, obviously, Alan Rickman, you know, like they kind of made him up yeah. to look a little more, but. I think you'd be a pretty great Snape. You know, like if they did a, uh, if they kind of like, uh, if they did like hunky versions of the uh, of the Hogwarts <laughs> Thanks, staff, you could Thank be you very a, much.
1: You could be a Snape. Thank you very much. I was thinking my hair's very ginger at the moment, so I was thinking maybe I'd be, uh, um, what's his name, Rupert Grindel? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You could totally be Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. You could be a yeah. Ron Weasley. Um, but in the end, I think it, I, I hope I hope I reach my Dumbledore phase. I think that would be <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be a nice place to get to. You know not, where, right no, not right no, now. No, 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 you no, know. no. No, you're not going to Dumbledore for several, no, no, several decades. No, 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 no,
1: no. I have too many soldiers to play. Have too, I have many. too many soldiers and princes and warriors and poets and lovers and kings. You know, it's like and spies uh, and it's, it's
0: like Anthony Hopkins always said: you have to soldier
1: before you can Dumbledore. <laughs> That's right. Uh, did he say that? He did say that. Did he, he, he was never that? able to play Dumbledore. Yeah, but you have to soldier it, before, you're you to it before, you can, before you can it. You have to before it before it's a rite of passage. Dumbledore. Yeah.
0: Is there anything? Is there anything in your? Uh, do you have time to do anything else right now,
1: or is it? Um, I'm an actor. That's what I am. Like, how do you mean in my life? Life. Yeah, in
0: your life. Is there anything? like um, How do you? Because obviously, you know, it must be an interesting time for you because I'm sure people are throwing parts at you left and right. But at a certain point. Don't you have to take a break and decompress yeah, a little bit and you be do. Tom again for a while?
1: Yeah, I actually had some time actually this year, um, um, which was amazing. I went, I I went to West Africa, oh wow, um, to, to to Guinea, which is on the West African coast with UNICEF, and that was amazing. That was like truly uh, changed my perspective on the world because um, it was it was it's you know it's closer than. From London to Guinea, from London to Conakry is closer than London to New York. And, of course, people do London to New York all the time. A lot fewer people do London to Conakry. And I saw the whole country, I saw UNICEF's work on the ground. Amazing, amazing time. Really life-changing, perspective-inducing, extraordinary. And did it sort of make you feel like,
0: oh, you know, what I do is fun yeah. and playtime? Well, I, and-
1: yeah, well, it's playtime. You know, I went into these schools with, the, with young children and I said, what do you want to be? Um, and they all said teacher, or minister, or uh, or teacher, or like very few people, no, nobody, there, nobody had heard of me, and it was that was actually really great. I mean, of course they hadn't, but it, people that if you were in the Premiership, if your name was Lionel Messi or David Beckham or Wayne Rooney, they'd heard of you. But actors, phew, they just didn't even register, and I loved that. I thought this is a much bigger world. The planet is much bigger than we realize, it, but when, than we often think of. And so that was amazing and um, and uh, very affecting. And then I did a lot of traveling, actually. I did some traveling at the beginning of this year. So that was good, you know.
0: What is it like when you're, you know, it's, it's nighttime, it's like your first or second night in West Africa and you're outside and you're just kind of staring up at the sky.
1: What is it that you're thinking or feeling? I felt very free actually. Um, I, uh, second night we were actually in a village in the mid, in the middle of, um, in the middle of, uh, Guinea. So we were no longer by the coast and, um, we were staying at a, at a, at a, at a house, which was owned by one of the elders of the village. And, uh, and we were, it was quite special. They you know, they'd said you can stay on, you can stay in this room, and of course it was just a room with a bed, and you know. But that was a special thing for them. And and um, I remember the uh, we sort of turned our torches out, and I wrapped myself in my mosquito net, and it's the actually hearing the noise of the West African night, all kinds of noises. I have no idea where they came from <laughs> or what was. I have no idea them? what was making them. There was scuttling and banging and uh, sort of hissing and i mean it was i, I burst out laughing actually i was like I, if i it's almost like i don't want to know what it, i don't want there to be any <laughs> it's better light that you don't know yeah it's better that you don't know you just because because it's the in the wilderness of west africa and then occasionally you'd hear a cow mooing and um and it would feel like it was just sort of standing above your face and then i was woken up by a by a by a cockerel you know a genuinely walked the cockerel just came into the room stood next to me and, and crowed at about 5 a.m. I was like, I guess it's time to get up then. <laughs> um, but I felt very free. I felt like it, it, was, an, it, was, uh, well, it was an amazing world to, to, be, to be a part of. I was introduced to, um, to, the, to the workings of the country at quite a rigorous level. Um, and just seeing how, seeing how that part of the world is, is struggling to um, sustain itself. Um, I just, it felt like exercising a different part of my brain. Um, I became really engaged in other things, you know, and that was very cool.
0: Well, I think it's important for, you know, and not everyone has the ability to, you know, just go travel, but it's important. And I,
1: and I, and I was very, I'm very blessed that they, you know, UNICEF invited me to come. It's so important. It's so important to do that because I think, you know, all the insecurities we feel, all the...
0: Oh am I not good enough and you know am am I doing okay in my friend group or am I is my work and you go other places where you know, um, surviving the day, getting through the day, and having yeah. to sustain and having to create your essentially your own little mini civilization, and things aren't just handed to you. And you go, "Oh yeah, all that shit that I'm always worried about is dumb." I, I did it. I did it as
1: soon as I rapped on 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 the Dark World. I literally rapped on the Dark World, handed my costume in. Two days later, got on a plane to West Africa, and I remember I was in the, in the in a village um, called um, um, Mandiana, which is just near. Um, um, the 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 Malian border, and I remember walking into the, to a to a, um, a sort of a, a, a meeting with with all of the women folk of the of the it was um, a health centre. All these villages have have health centres, and I said uh, because they all speak um and French. I said uh, il y a des problèmes dans cette village, and um, they they were all smiling. These beautiful children, beautiful women, smiling um, with very little food, and they said il n'y a pas de l'eau which means there is no water. And it was so boldly stated, there is no water here. It hit me like a train. And whenever, it, whenever you know, the sort of, stuff's going on in the film business i just sometimes think of like there is no water in Mandiana. do you know what i mean it's it's uh, it's such a s- sort of shattering
0: oh that's a wonderful fr- that's a wonderful kind of mantra to have when you're yeah. freaking out about about stupid things yeah. also i do want to point out that any uh female listeners probably felt their ovary swell when you started speaking french <laughs> <laughs> it was that's like sorry. i'm hungry in a way i can't describe i think tom hiddleston speaking french <laughs> There may not be water, um, but there's Hiddleston.
1: I apologize unreservedly if that's the case.
0: Uh, I mean, that is a good yeah. thing.
1: That is a good thing. Your yeah. French your French it's is fantastic. What, I've spoken French as guests. I've spoken French as I was about 10. The thing is, if, you're, if you live in London... Paris is France is right there.
0: Yes, you have Do other I mean? cultures that you know. We're yeah. so landlocked in the states. It's like, but
1: you, everyone speaks quite good Spanish. I think there's a lot of good. a lot of good Spanish. We speak. Speaking. We speak okay yeah. Spanish down yeah. here.
0: But but you guys actually, you know, like it's it's multi. It's everyone. You know, it's Europe it descends yeah. on London. But yeah, um, we are coming to the end of our time because the pr- Thor premiere is tonight. The Thor
1: premiere is tonight. I will be there. I will um, look forward to seeing you.
0: And you uh, you are coming to the end of a, a ridiculous month long whirlwind. Thor tour. So I yeah. hope that you get some rest and are Thank you working you. on anything next that you I literally
1: go straight into Coriolanus tomorrow. Oh wow. Yeah. Back to the, back to the drawing board.
0: Well, you will sleep well on the plane tonight. I will you? sleep well on the plane. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I'm excited that the, the, the juice for me is making something where before there was nothing, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, that is the thrill for me is, is there is nothing. And then you make something and there is a something, you know, that could be a play or a film or, Uh, And and it's literally just the the collective imaginations of a specific group of people saying, wouldn't it be interesting if we told this story in this way and we showed these aspects of human nature and we made it funny and gripping and dramatic and entertaining and truthful and suddenly it becomes a thing where there was nothing before. A year ago, there was no movie called Thor The Dark World. We made it. I mean, it sounds so trite and so obvious to say it. No, no. But, but now you're creating it's like something from now nothing. it's like framed and polished, and it looks like it. And just... And it's sort
0: of it's sort of smeared into the landscape yeah. of of our culture and now. It's,
1: and it's and it looks so neat and and and. Uh, and and sort of framed and boxed and defined, but there wasn't anything before that. There, well, if I, if I anyway. get to
0: come to London, I want to see your play.
1: Please come. I would yeah. love to. Please come. Runs from December the sixth to February the thirteenth.
0: And then if uh, if if I could ask you to do something, which hopefully is not annoying, no. we tell people at the end of the podcast we say enjoy your burrito, and it's a way that we're telling people to enjoy their present as it's happening. Nice. So it's a But I, but I really feel like a good sort of key esque enjoy your burrito would resonate uh, with people
1: <laughs> okay. at the end okay Midgardians for the sake of Odin and the Nine Realms enjoy your burrito
0: we need to play it at the end of every episode now <laughs> Tom Hiddleston delightful to see you thank, thank you, you so, so much. much
1: such a pleasure it's good to see to you talk again. about everything yeah yes. so great excellent no, oh, was fantastic. You'll get to, yeah. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your
0: burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com, use the offer code Nerdist11.